Compliance, the final frontier. Tom Fox is the voyager of trekking through compliance. His mission: to explore the original series and seek out and share what it can teach you about compliance. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Trekking through compliance, episode thirty-two, mirror, mirror. In this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, we consider the episode Mirror, Mirror, which occurred, or rather was aired on October 6, 1967, and occurred stardate unknown. Story synopsis. After Kirk fails to convince the Halkin Council to allow the Federation to mine dilithium crystals on their planet, the landing party consisting of Kirk, McCoy, Scotty, and Uhura returns to the Enterprise. Interference from an ion storm, however, causes them to be transported into a parallel universe and a mirror image enterprise. Now aboard the ISS Enterprise, that stands for Imperial Starship Enterprise, the landing party discovers crew members who are mirror image of themselves, yet belong to an evil federation known as the Empire. The first experience is the torture of transporter oper- operator Mr. Kyle with an agonizer for his alleged failure to beam the landing party up quickly enough. Immediately, Kirk realizes that a mirror image landing party must have been beamed aboard the real USS Enterprise. Kirk, Uhura, McCoy, and Scotty impersonate their mirror image counterparts while finding a way to return to their universe. Kirk learns that he has been ordered to annihilate the Hawkins, but peaks Scott's curi- excuse me, Spock's curiosity by ordering the Enterprise to hold its fire for 12 hours. Kirk then survives an assassination attempt by Chekhov when one of his party defects and then subjects Chekhov to the agony booth. Kirk also uses the computer to determine that he is succeeded to command by assassinating Christopher Pike and was responsible for the deaths of 5,000 colonists on Vega 9. While Scotty is adjusting the transporter to return them back to the correct universe, Kirk meets Marlena, the captain's woman. Meanwhile, anti-Spock has received a directive to kill Kirk if he does not carry out his orders by destroying the Halkins on the Enterprise's next orbit. Marlena shows Kirk the Tantalus field, which he recovered from a lost civilization and he has been using to eliminate his enemies. Another assassination attempt, this time by Sulu, is crushed when Marlena uses the Tantalus field on Sulu's co-conspirators. Kirk stalls Spock by knocking him unconscious, and Uhura, Kirk, and Scott then head for the transporter room while McCoy stays behind to make sure that anti-Spock is all right from a medical perspective. Anti-Spock comes out of his self-induced trance and mind melds with McCoy. Discovering that a switch has occurred, anti-Spock then assists Kirk in returning his landing party to their own universe so that the Empire's landing party may return to its correct universe. When Kirk and the party return, they find that their Empire counterparts were immediately recognized and put in detention. The Enterprise crew attributes this fact, this to the fact that it was easier for logical men to appear bar- bar- barbarous than for barbarous men to appear civilized. Fun fact. This original series episode is the basis for several episodes in Deep Space Nine or DS9. In the first such DS9 episode entitled Crossover, it details the events in which led directly to the fall of the Terran Empire and to the Klingon-Cardassian alliance in the 23rd century in the parallel universe. Anti or Mirror Spock has become the leader after assassinating Kirk when Anti-Kirk when he returned.
Yet, even Spock was inspired by the real Kirk, attempted to reform the empire, which left it unfortunately vulnerable to a combined Klingon and Cardassian attack. So what are the compliance lessons learned from this um, episode? Well, you have to start with the first one, and it's the most ubiquitous, but it's also the most basic. That tone really does start at the top. The empire is evil and corrupt. Uh, the captain is evil and corrupt. Everyone is evil and corrupt. So uh, if you have a corrupt organization uh, or you have an organization that while not while claiming it is ethical, it actually incentivizes you to engage in activities which are illegal, that literally starts at the top. And perhaps the best example, of course, is Wells Fargo, uh, followed closely by Volkswagen. But at Wells Fargo, the uh, they had a perverse incentive which required every customer to have eight uh, banking services being utilized simultaneously, and that led uh, sales representatives to having to create fake, fake fraudulent accounts. Of course, the uh, very top of the organization claimed that it was uh, rogue employees who were doing this, but the fact was that eight is great was actually the byline or tagline uh, as developed by management. And uh, they were go- getting ready to move to let's do it again at 10 to require salesmen to have uh, 10, uh, or rather customers to have 10 banking services per um, per person. So uh, when you have that kind of uh, incentive uh, literally coming from the top down, uh, of course employees are going to follow that lead. And uh, the um, Imperial Starship Enterprise is a, a prime example of that. Second of all, uh, one of the things that uh, was came out most closely in the 2017 corporate FCPA corporate enforcement policy was around the um, the opportunities of compliance professionals within an organization, and and really this I think episode illustrates how compliance professionals need to be able to do a wide variety of compliance uh, tools, tactics, and jobs, just as the uh, enterprise landing party of Scotty Uhura, McCoy, and Kirk had to do a variety of jobs to be able to get back to the. Um, their enterprise, the USS Enterprise, in our in our universe, as I should say. So, uh, do you rotate your compliance personnel uh, to different functions: code of conduct, third parties, risk management, investigations, etc.? Because if you leave them in one uh, uh, area for too long, they may become stale, but they certainly won't have the full breadth of skills. And then finally, high risk does not mean you cannot do business. It simply means that you need to engage in high risk management. So what is your high risk management plan for doing business in high risk areas? Join us tomorrow where we take up the episode, The Apple. If you enjoyed this episode of Trekking Through Compliance, you can help it grow by sharing it with the biggest Trek fan you know. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.